0: Sun Mountain Golf Bags, Finn Scooters, Making the Game More Fun, Hiddell Golf, Hit It, Flip It, Dial It In, and the Mecklemore Club Experience, Live Above the Clouds. Now, here's your
1: host, Chris Mascaro. Good evening, folks, and thank you for coming back and joining me on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro. Tonight, I've got three great guests that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. I've got a former major champion who just bid farewell to the Open Championship and got to experience that final wave to the fans from the Swilkin Bridge. I've got an owner for one of the great golf courses in the state of Mississippi, plus a guy whose Yankees haven't scored a run in as long as he can remember. We'll talk about who those folks are here in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to thank all of you for keeping the show inside the top five in the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 list for the month of August. Your support has been outstanding. Next on the tee is currently ranked number three in our football show. Thursday Night Tailgate is right behind it at number four. Our goal, obviously, is to leapfrog both shows into the top two spots. So please continue to vote, and you can do so daily by going online to podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot 50. We are so close. Your votes are very important. I thank you so much for taking time out of your day to support both shows. It means a great deal to me, folks. This week, I want to give a special shout-out to Joanna B. Joanna is probably the most positive person you could follow on social media. And you can find her on Twitter, at BeKindToAll01. She's a part of my Thursday Night Tailgate co-host, Bob Lazeri's kindness crew, that he's assembled on there, spreading positivity every day. Joanna, thank you so much for your encouragement and your support. I appreciate you. You make a difference in so many lives. Okay, on to tonight's show. And first up is going to be our resident director of instruction, Tom Patrick, who's been waiting patiently by the TV to see if his Yankees can score a run. He's been waiting since Saturday night. I sure hope someone's been feeding him. Tonight, I'm going to get TP's thoughts on what Tiger Woods may be saying to the PGA Tour players during their players-only meeting today. We're all curious. Is it a rah-rah speech from Tiger about staying with the PGA Tour, or is it more than that? I also want to get his thoughts on last weekend's opening of the PGA Tour playoffs and Willie Z's big victory there. Plus, he's got a great story to share about some second-generation players earning their tour cards. Really looking forward to hearing that story. Tom's going to join me here in just a few minutes. Following him, I'll get a return visit from 1989 Open champion Mark Kalkavecchia. I'm going to talk to Mark about his experience playing in his final Open championship. Mark got to have that ultimate experience as a former Open champion of waving goodbye to the fans from the Swoken Bridge. We'll hear what that was like for him and then what it was like to share that moment with his wife, Brenda, who doubles as his caddy. Looking forward to those stories and a lot more when Mark joins me about 25 minutes from now. And then we're going to round out tonight's show with a return visit from John Goyne. John is the owner of Timber Trust Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. They do some very cool things there to make the experience fun. In fact, they actually focus on the fun first and the golf second. We'll hear how they do that. Plus, John was the head golf pro and then the general manager at TPC Southwind in Memphis which is where they played last week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. So I want to get his thoughts on what he saw there as well. Looking forward to having John back as part of the show. He'll join me later on in the hour. So there you have it, folks. More great stories, tips, and information are coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the Tee. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me tonight. Before we get started, you know I like to remind you about our friends up at the McLemore. My buddies and I were there again this year for our annual golf trip. And it was even better the second time around. Everything about what goes on up there and they provide to you is first class. The accommodations are fantastic. The practice facility is great and got even greater a few weeks back when they opened up their new Himalayas putting course. The on-premise restaurant called The Craig is outstanding food and service. And to say the course is spectacular is a huge understatement. Can't say enough great things about the place, folks. Go online to themaclemore.com to see for yourself. How spectacular it really is. The golf course is co-designed by our good friends Bill Bergen and Reese Jones. And our friend and PGA Tour caddy Kip Henley said, Outside of Pebble Beach, it's the most beautiful 18th hole he's ever seen. Golf Digest agreed, naming it the best finishing hole in America since 2000. And Lynx Magazine doubled down on that, naming it one of the top 10 finishing holes in all of golf. See why we're all saying such great things about the place by going online to themacklemore.com. I want to continue to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Fresh Clean Threads. Want 20% off the world's softest, comfiest, best fitting men's clothes? Fresh Clean Threads has your back, your front, and your sides with everything from tees, tanks, and Henleys to polos, pullovers, and hoodies. Get designer quality basics without paying ridiculous designer prices. Everyone deserves to look good and feel great. Confidence shouldn't cost a fortune. Go to freshcleanthreads.com today. Your perfect fit awaits. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade. Golf's an interesting game because the better you hit the ball, the fewer shots you have to hit. That means the better you hit the ball, the less golf you actually have to play. That's why TaylorMade made the all-new Stealth Irons. TaylorMade's Stealth Irons feature a cap back design and a 3D toe wrap designed to help deliver increased distance through the bag and more forgiveness on those occasional, or maybe not so occasional, less than perfect shots. The result? Better shots more often, so you get to have more fun more often. So if you're the kind of golfer who wants to play less golf more often, try the all-new Stealth Irons from TaylorMade, Beyond Driven. All right, now back with me is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patrick. If you want to take your game to the next level this summer, folks, go see Tom at Farmington Country Club up in Charlottesville, Virginia. So if you're anywhere in the Virginia, West Virginia, or D.C. areas, Take that short drive and go see him there. If you're anywhere else, download the V1 video app and send him videos of your golf swing. He can help get you dialed in through that app. Be sure to check out his website, TomPatry.com, and give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TomPatryGolf. Don't forget to subscribe to his YouTube channel. You're going to be able to find nearly 150 free playing lessons available to you on Tom's channel. He is a member of the Titleist Leadership Advisory Board, and it always does my heart good to say he's back with me here on Next on the T. T.P., how are you, my friend? Thrifty boy! <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I've missed that. T.P., how you doing, my friend? Well, one, one small correction, Chris. <clears throat> YouTube has now gone to 300 lessons. Wow. 300. Yeah. Free lessons. Yeah. We went to, Look at you. Went from 150 to
2: 300. Wow.
1: That's yeah. outstanding. That is free. Yeah, and it's, been
2: it's been fun. it fun. Yeah. And by the way. And by the way. Yes. And, and the score is 10 nothing. Thanks very much for that, Scott. I'm very kind of you. <laughs> very kind. <laughs> what do you up to? 24, 25
1: innings now? Since the last time it's, a Yankee uh, scored uh, a run? Um, um, Was him it him the him Obama him administration?
2: Game, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm hemorrhaging and you're you're sticking a knife in my gut. That's really nice, my friend. Of my good friend,
1: my good friend Christmas Carol, my Philip pie is on. Nice on, nice on, beautiful. So you're actually speaking of sticking a knife in you. You're actually just on the on the other side of COVID nineteen, right? You, you had a little outbreak there. Yep.
2: You yeah, okay? it was really fun. Week. A week ago, a week ago Sunday, because Denise, Denise was coming up here for the first time ever to see Charlottesville. Come in on Sunday, came home from work. I had a little bit of a head cold, no problem. Made a little dinner. I took a couple, was going to take a couple days off during the week and show around and Monday morning I get up. I don't feel too good. I test positive, of course. By the time Tuesday afternoon came around, I thought I was going to the hospital. It was like, like there was a truck on my chest. I couldn't breathe. Hot and cold flashes, sweating, my back locked up. Um, and my head felt like it was going to explode. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was really bad, really bad. So, so, so Mr. had a nice week spending the week in the apartment watching Lauren me. It was really nice. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Give <laughs> me a nice
1: time. Very, very romantic. You okay now? So, uh, are you, are you yeah, I coming feel, out of it? I feel better.
2: Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, have been back to work. I, I guess I'm about 95%. Every once in a while I get a little hacking cough, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah.
1: That's good news. <laughs> So All right, so let's get that. into it tonight. And we haven't had, we haven't really spent much time together over the last month or so. When we've had a lot of developments with with Live Golf, we've had, you know, Bubba Watson go that way, Charles the III go that way. We've had some of the players over on the Live side try to sue the PGA Tour to get, get get to be a part of the FedEx Cup playoffs, and that got shot down, which I think was good news for a lot of people. But your thoughts? On what's happened over the last month or so with uh, Live Golf and the PGA Tour.
2: Well, the greatest single quote in the last month was Charles Howell the Third saying, I didn't go to Live Golf for the money. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was incredible quote. You're not buying that? I where exactly did. Why, Charles, did you go for the Budweiser? why did you go? Tell me, Charles. Chucky, <laughs> Chucky Three <Chuckie> Sticks <laughs> just took his foot right in it. Yeah, it was great. Um, You know, Chris, it just remains, it remains in my, in my world to be extremely disappointing. Um, I, 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 listen, there's only one reason you're going boys and girls, you're going for the money. And so many wonderful human beings have gone, you know, Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, you know, Dustin Johnson, you know, you know, really stand up guys that are really, really, you know, yeah, on, on, uh, the uh, guys guys I always take the higher you know, you know, really good guys. Uh, I, I don't, you know, listen, I, I, I heard a really interesting thing, but I was listening to, uh, to, uh, Sirius XM PJ Throw Radio and, um, Ted Trevor, one of the great golf minds of all time, was on talking about how could you not go for the money. And I, I just thought, listen, I, I get it. It's a lot of money. It's Saudi money. It's 54 holes. It's no cut. Where do you watch it? You know, eight, you know, shotgun starts music blaring in the background. What the hell does that have to do with golf? Just tell me, what does it have to do with golf? I just don't get it. Um, where's your legacy going to be? How are you going to be remembered? I guess it doesn't matter. I guess this generation doesn't care about those things.
1: So Tom today, Tiger was. Having a players only meeting. We haven't heard yet what was said during that meeting. Might have been a rah rah meeting for the top players to stick around and be a part of the PGA tour, not to go over to live. Perhaps some things maybe he's been talking with Jay Monahan about doing next season or, or down the road. Who knows? But if you, if we're going to speculate, what do you think might have gone on in that room?
2: Well, I mean, certainly part of the meeting has to be rah rah. It has to be. Um, and with, with the younger generation, they, they still, they're still, let's face it, they're still in awe of Tiger Woods. I mean, he's still in their world was the person when they were growing up that was probably all of their greatest, you know, collective greatest, greatest influence. So they all want to hear what he has to say. Um, but if you're sitting in the back of the room again, and, and I'm going to take the other side for a second, which is the side I don't really like. And you just finished 123rd on the money list. And you're looking at a guy who's worth a billion dollars. Can can you really relate to that? And and it's easy for you to sit back there and say, well, it's easy for you, Tiger. You know, but they're gonna offer me, you know, fifty or sixty million dollars to go over and hang out. It's for, for the for the generation. You know, the generation I teach now, Chris. It's really interesting when I ask my juniors. I say to them, you know, tell me a little bit about Arnold Palmer. Tell me, you know, you know, some of the accomplishments of Jack Nicklaus or they can't. They, they can't. Um I think the legacy and the historical aspect of golf and where we came from has been lost in this generation. Um, my kids, my juniors, and my college players, they couldn't tell you how many majors Arnold won. They couldn't tell you necessarily how many majors Jack won. How's that? Uh They can tell you a little bit about Tiger. They can tell you a little bit about Tiger, but they they don't have a historical perspective. It's been lost. We, we've we've allowed that to be diluted and and drift away. That's not important. Uh, it, it is important to us, to you and I, in our generation, but but not really to them. So sell them legacy, to sell them historical perspective, to sell them you know building a brand. It, it's it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell.
1: So Tom, let's take that perspective a step further. For the guys that are they're done, right? We're in the playoffs now, top 70, all that sort of stuff. A lot of guys are, have been eliminated and they're they're at home. So if you're one of those guys, you know, you you've been a you've been bouncing around inside there around top 50, 60, 70, and back in and out and, and now you're you're at home. They they call you up on the phone. You get the call from Greg Norman. You're going to get 20, 30, 40 million dollars. To come over and play live do, do, do we blame those guys do we blame just the the Dustin Johnson's and you know guys of that ilk because they're they've been number one player in the world they've been in the top 10 they've been in the top 20 you don't need to worry about theoretically unless you're just living crazy about the 100 million 150 million that you got you were doing okay before now you're just going over there for a the money grab do we do we reserve our, we blame you guys, those top guys who probably didn't need the money for going, but the other guys that have been in the fringes, you know, who knows if they keep their tour card a year or two from now. And all of a sudden, you know, they essentially hit the lottery. Do we blame those guys? Is it different for for who you are, for how we view you on this whole thing? It's a great question, Chris. It
2: really is a great question. I mean, to me, you know, again, I, it's hard to get inside somebody else's head, and it's hard for them to probably to get inside my head. But, you know, I I go back, and I I know what the other side is going to argue this with me. I go back to a, a day that that we remember. It was called 9/11, and we go back to the fact that you know a very high percentage of those people that participated were were sorted and and I and I get it. I get the PGA Tour has. Sponsors and sponsorships that do business with Saudi Arabia, or are, you know, n- not Boy Scouts in their own right, but the P- nobody on the PGA tour cuts people's heads off or shoots people. Uh, and, and I had I had seven very close personal friends in those two towers, um, so it, I come at it from a whole different place, and it's hard for me to get past that. Um, again, the next generation. You know some of these kids we're talking about don't remember nine eleven uh, on a personal basis they it's something they read about in a history book um so it doesn't it doesn't have the same attachment to them, and they don't see the connection um i have a problem ethically and morally before I have a problem financially or a question financially so it's hard for me to answer that question but i I understand as much as I can understand. Your question, and then sitting at home, somebody gets a phone call and says they're going to give you twenty-five or thirty million dollars um, because they don't view Saudi Arabia in the same light with the same connection that I do.
1: Tom, you mentioned sponsors, and one of the things that I've been sort of wondering over the last month or so is: Does Jay Monahan have another problem on his hands because one of their sponsors, their major sponsor, sponsor of their playoffs, the sponsor of of the Tour Championship? FedEx has decided to invest $400 million in Saudi Arabia to build infrastructure, start doing business over there. Is that something he's going to need to address? Or do you think he can just sort of sweep that under the rug?
2: I don't think it's a question of sweeping under the rug. I think, I think, you know, investments like that were probably, all the parties involved were probably aware of those investments two and three years ago. Uh, FedEx does business all over the world. They do business in Moscow. They do business in Beijing, China. They you know, they do business a lot of places, um that we're not particularly fond of. It's it's a it's a global company, it always has been, and they were in Saudi Arabia long before they even sponsored the FedEx Cup. So, no, I don't think that's really an issue. I think that's part of them doing business globally. Um did the announcement come at a great time? (laughs) No, not, not didn't come at a very good time at all, but I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an issue.
1: Tom, I asked this question of Bob Friend last week, and I know you and Friendly have known each other for a long time. I'm going to ask the same question of Mark Kalkovecchia when he joins the show here in a bit. But one thing that I think that Liv is getting right is that all the players get paid each week. Now, I'm not advocating that guys on the PGA Tour who missed the cut should get $100,000, but I do think they should be getting paid something, at least their expenses for the week covered, maybe, you know, five, six grand, whatever it is, kind of like, uh, someone like me on a business trip would just, you know, put in their expense report and get it, and get reimbursed for what you had out of pocket. Um, your thoughts on that? Did, did, is, is that a, is that something that we we need to start to look at on the PGA tour is, is get these guys uh paid for their expenses week after week before, particularly for the guys, like I say, again, at the bottom of the order, guys that are making cuts, grinding away each, each week to make a cut so that, you know, they they can continue to try to keep their tour card, continue to try to play and not have it be an issue that one day the well might run dry.
2: Let me ask you a question, Chris. If Arnold Palmer was alive and you proposed to him 10 years ago that we should give everybody that misses a cut, uh, some money. What do you think he would have said?
1: No, oh, I'm with you. I'm sure, I'm sure Mr. Palmer wouldn't have, wouldn't have been for it. But that doesn't mean that it, it's not time to evolve a little bit. I mean, we, I, I, everything I, I evolved. Agree. You know,
2: it, I think, I think it's going to definitely evolve. The model's going to change. The PGA tour model is going to change, um, because it's going to be forced to change. And if nothing else, what Liv's done is it's, it's exposed, um, the financials of the PGA Tour and and how money is being moved around or distributed. But I think it's going to force things to be changed to some degree. Now, does that mean, guys, that Mr. Cut should be paid or will be paid? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think you do either. But I think there'll be some, I think there'll be some significant changes in the next, you know, one to three years with the model and the distribution of monies in some way, shape or form.
1: Hi, let's switch gears a little bit. And speaking of FedEx, last week was the start of the Tours playoff, right, the FedEx St. Jude Classic. Will Zalatoris gets his first PGA Tour victory. So happy for Will. What did you think about what you saw and how loudly were you (laughs) yelling at the TV screen when it looked like Zalatoris might try to play that ball that was sort of in the crevice between the rock and the rough there out the uh, off the green in the last playoff ball? You
2: know, one of the things about you know, golf tournaments on TV now and the PGA tour is the coverage is so good and the camera angles are so good. The use of drones are so good now. And we, and we had a pretty clear view that that golf ball was in a pretty precarious place and kind of wedged under some zoysia zo- grass and with the rocks and, and the wall there. And it, to me, the, at first glance, it didn't look like there's any way. First, you could get the club on the ball. And if you did get on the ball, he was going to drive it right into that zoja, or he was going to come back and either hit you, the player, or miss you and go back into the pond. So the fact that they contemplated that long, I was having visions of John Vanderbilt and and in various situations in our history, and I'm saying to myself, if I'm the caddy, I'm going to tackle this guy, put him on my back and carry him back to the drop area. I mean, do not hit that golf ball. Then, and then, you know, Straka, you know, obviously, you know, it's a terrible drop shot into that back bunker. And there's no question at all. And he's still standing there contemplating it. And I'm like, God almighty, somebody tackle this guy. He's, he's, he's got this thing won. Just go back and drop it. And it seems like an eternity that they stood there discussing it and thinking about it and saying, am I, am I missing something here? No, I was, I was crazy watching that. Crazy. I'm so happy he won. <laughs> um, I've been pulling from the whole year and, and, and obviously he's had so many great misses I mean, where he didn't even do anything wrong and just, you know, got, got outplayed by one shot at that, you know, at the, at the buzzer. But, uh, it, w- it was a great victory for him. And, and, uh, I think a popular victory, I would, I would have to guess a popular victory on tour He's a hell of a ball striker. And I know he's got a bad rap on his putting, but he made a couple of really clutch putts, uh, Coming down the stretch there, uh, the one on 18 and, and the one to keep the playoff moving along. But a uh, great, great win. Great win.
1: Tom, just a couple more before I let you go. And I know you've got a couple of friends. Jim Roy, who had a, a great amateur career up in uh, your home state of New York. He's in the Syracuse Sports Hall of Fame. Your other good friend, Buddy Alexander, who's one of the all-time great college coaches, also a former U.S. amateur champion. There's a pretty cool story about both of their sons. Do you mind sharing that one?
2: Yeah, well, both of those guys, Jim Roy, uh, not only was a great amateur player, Chris, but PGA Tour card one year, and then got his amateur status back. One, I think three or four New York State amateurs and and various you know good sized amateur tournaments in the Northeast, and then actually got his Champions Tour card one year, um, and I spent some time <laughs> working with Jim. And then, uh, Buddy Alexander, as you said, was, you know, was a U.S. Amateur Champion, Walker Cup player. His father, Skip Alexander, was a Ryder Cup player. Uh, both of their sons this, this past week, uh, off the Corn Ferry top 25 got their tour cards. And I couldn't have been more happy. I spoke to both of them on the phone, um, as well as by text, uh, Kevin Roy, Jim's son, and then, uh, Tyson Alexander, Buddy's son, both got through, uh, in the top 25 off Corn Ferry and will be PJ tour members this year. And you talk about two proud poppers. I mean, those guys are just so, I don't know I was more excited. Dads or sons, but I, I had to go with the dads. Because they were, they were over the moon. Um, so, uh, two separate, uh, two separate paths to get there. Kevin White was a, was a college team that was Shockley and, uh, and Tyson Alexander played for Buddy at the University of Florida and has been out there. I think, I think Tyson is 33 now. He's been out there grinding a long time. Um, so. Just couldn't have been happier for both of those guys. It, it, it's going to be fun to see them out there this year, and I'm certainly wish them all the best.
1: And, Tom, I've got my next guest, Mark Kalkovecchia, hanging on the line, and you've got a, a, a story about one of his former teammates at the University of Florida, Rick Pearson. Share that story. Yeah.
2: First of all, Mark Kalkovecchia is one of my all-time favorites. It just Kalka, We played college golf against each other, and uh he was part of a really good University of Florida team. Uh, Kenny Green, Rick Pearson, Billy Britton, David Peoples, uh, Larry Rents, all really good players. I mean, it was a really good team. Uh, Rick Pearson, I'm trying, I was trying to remember for the life of me, Chris, what tournament was at. but we were getting in the van at our Florida Southern van, getting ready to leave a tournament. And, and, Florida was in the van next to us packing up to get ready to go at the end of the tournament. And I looked over and Rick Pearson was tying a ping, his ping putter. With a piece of rope to the back bumper of the University of Florida team van, and I looked over and I said, what, "What's going on here?" And Rick said, "This putter just screwed me the whole week, so I'm going to drag this son of a bitch all the way back to Gainesville." Uh, and I, 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 never, I never, I never, I never laughed so hard in my life. You got to ask Cal if he remembers that story because I'm sure, I'm sure he does. But Rick Pearson was a really good player. And obviously had a bad fighting week and was pissed off at his putter, but that, that, <laughs> that, that, that team had more personality on it than maybe any other college team in the history of college, college golf. And there were five, you know, really funny, talented, you know, just zany guys and Couch was one of them. And, and, and certainly Couch three was wonderful and, uh, and, and one of my all time favorites. Couch just, just a good, just a good guy.
1: Tom, before I let you go, remind our listeners again how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing. Follow you online and on social media and again, those three hundred free lessons out there on your YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, the YouTube channel's been a lot of fun, Chris. I've been a l i have been i put my heart and soul to that thing. We got up to three hundred videos now, um some of them instructional, some of them are equipment related, some are teaching aids. Uh but it's a cool place to poke your nose know, in if you want some information. And obviously the obvious five LinkedIn and Twitter and and Instagram. Instagram is where I'm, I'm most active, but uh, the thing we really should be talking about is how you guys at Next on the tea and that great football show of climbed that podcast list. Man, you're doing a hell of a good job, Christopher, man. We just love everything you're doing. All of us too, uh are on your show, we we talk behind the scenes a little bit. I know I talk to Grissett all the time, and and we just enjoy being on with you. You're the greatest, my man. I appreciate you saying that. It means a great deal, Thank you. Chris, the Yankees just scored a run. The Yankees just scored a run. Oh my goodness! He just a run. Oh he just my a run. goodness!
1: <laughs> Off this to <Schneid. laughs> tonight. Good for you as run. we wrap up our time together. Good for you, my friend. Stop anything. Quiet. Take Chris, Good share, my well. friend. All the hey. best to you. I hope you. Start, I hope you. Get, you know, I'll get back to one hundred percent. and I look forward to catching up with you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks,
2: Chris. Give Give Cal my best.
1: I absolutely will. Take care, TP. Catch up soon. Thanks, buddy. That is a great Tom Patrick. TomPatrick.com is the website. At TomPatrickGolf is where you can find him on Twitter and Instagram and that YouTube channel, folks. Look, I go out there all the time and and watch what he's putting out there. Great lessons from tea to green, and then you get into some of the mental game and all that sort of stuff. If you want to take your game to the next level you're not going to be able to go see Tom in person up there in Charlottesville, the next best thing is to either send him videos through V1 or go out to his YouTube channel, subscribe to it, and watch those lessons. Tom's fantastic, and uh, I just I love the guy. Can't wait to catch up with him again in a couple of weeks. Okay, before I get to my next guest, Mark Kalkovecchia, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Adele Golf. Is your driver adjustable? Of course it is. How about your irons? Didn't think so. Adele's new SMS irons give you adjustability in an iron to match your swing. These new irons come with three weights lined up across the back of the club. By moving the heavyweight to the heel, center, or toe location, you can match the club to your swing instead of vice versa. The result? Total control of the club face for more distance and accuracy. Your irons can't do this. Check them out online by going to adelgolf.com. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? Well, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented Squares Toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour and an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent testing proves it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to Squares.com, get the Squares 30-day money-back guarantee, and use promo code DISTANCE to get $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. Squares, the distance golf shoe. Okay, now back in making his fifth appearance with me is 1989 Open champion Mark Calcavecchia. Let me remind you about Mark's background. He's from Laurel, Nebraska. His family moved to West Palm Beach, Florida when he was 13. He won the Florida High School Golf Championship in 1977, played his college golf, as you heard a little bit ago, at the University of Florida from 1978 to 1980, and was named All-SEC in 1979. That season, Mark won the Furman Invitational. He turned pro in 1981, got his first win out on tour at the 1986 Southwest Golf Classic. Mark has one of the lowest tournament scores to par in PGA Tour history when he finished 28-under, a four-round total of 256 at the 2001 Waste Management Open, which featured a second-round 60. At the 2009 Canadian Open, he set a record by making nine consecutive birdies during his second round. In all, Mark won 13 times on the PGA Tour, including that 89 Open Championship at Royal Troon in a playoff over Greg Norman and Wayne Grady. He's won four times out on the Champions Tour, and over the course of his career, he's had 193 top 10 finishes and 351 top 25s. He's a great follow on Twitter, at Mark and I'm thrilled he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming back on the show.
3: Hey, Chris, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Mark, I got to start out by asking you, did you hear the story that uh, Tom Patchy told about Rick Pearson? Do you remember that?
3: I, I did hear that. And, uh, I might add one thing to that. Uh, he actually, uh, was so mad. He, he, back then, of course, we had spikes in our shoes and he, uh, kicked the, uh, the, the van, our, our gator van that, that we traveled in. Uh, yeah, he kicked, he kicked the uh, door and put a bunch of spike marks in the door. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we had a pretty uh, volatile team back then. We had a lot of great players, but, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of funny.
1: <laughs> Mark, I, um, I want to start really by going back here. You had an eventful last few months. Let's go back to the open championship for you. What was it like getting to go back to St. Andrews, playing one more open and having that open really be not only at St. Andrews, but the 150th anniversary of the tournament?
3: Right. That was, uh, that was really cool. Uh, I, uh, unfortunately my knees are shot, uh, both of them need replaced and I was in horrific pain, but I was going to finish that tournament if I had to crawl. But the, uh, I didn't get my clubs till Wednesday afternoon. So in the four hole, uh, thing on, uh, Monday, I kind of played out of everybody's bag, used George Feast Potter on 18 and, uh, Ian Baker Fences clubs a couple times. So, uh, but that, you know, it was, it was super cool. Uh, and then the past champions dinner was just, uh, amazing as it always is. Uh, with all the past champions there, Jack was there, Lee Turvino, Bob Charles, you name it, they were there. And, uh, it was awesome. So, uh, aside, aside from the golf that I played, which wasn't good, uh, it, it was just, a uh, 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 the most memorable, memorable week I've probably ever had.
1: And Mark, I got to imagine emotions start to well up on on the Friday as you make your way through the back nine and and really start to hit you as you're walking off the 18th tee and uh, starting to approach the Swoken Bridge. What was it like knowing you were going to walk over that bridge or step up to that bridge for the last time in an open, and then getting to have that moment where you. Get the wave goodbye to the fans.
3: Right. Uh, it was just the best. It really was. Uh, I actually, uh, slipped going up the, going up the bridge, uh, with my right foot, uh, cause my knees were killing me. But, uh, I got up there, turned around, uh, my kids, uh, Eric, Brittany and my son-in-law TJ were there taking a bunch of pictures and, uh, uh, and we, we did a bunch of, uh, a bunch of pictures, uh, before the uh, Cast Champion Center on Tuesday as well. So, yeah, you know, I, walking up the last hole, uh, you know, it was it was cool. It was my last hole uh, in a major championship in the Open. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was awesome.
1: Does it take you to the next level? Because unlike most guys who are there, Either by themselves or maybe with their playing partners, you got to share that moment with Brenda, who is oh by the way, you're caddying on the bag with you. What was it like getting yep. to share that kind of special occasion with her
3: yeah it was it was awesome she uh she loved it as well um she's been with me every step of the way since we met uh twenty one years ago so uh for her to experience that uh she loved it as well so it was really cool.
1: And Mark, you've mentioned your knees. And I know it's been a, a bit of a physical struggle for you over the last year plus. You, you dealt with COVID and you had back surgery and now you're looking at potentially knee replacement surgery. Sure, Talk I, about what's going on.
3: Yeah, exactly. The last few years have been kind of a disaster. Uh, COVID hit me hard. Uh, got past that. Uh, then, uh, actually January 4th of last year, I had my, uh, L4, L5 fused. Uh, you know, it took basically a year to get over that. And, uh, then this year, basically in March, both my knees started hurting at the same time and I couldn't figure it out. And each week they keep getting worse and worse and worse. So, uh, after MRIs and, and, uh, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've got bone on bone in both knees and, uh, uh, looking at knee replacement surgery coming up here, uh, next month. So hopefully, uh, I'll, I, I, I'm gonna do my right one first, uh, then my left one about two months later. And by next June, I should be like the 6 dollars dollar man. I should be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: to that point, are we gonna get to see you late next year back out on the champions tour? Do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. I'm not dead yet.
1: Yep, I'm coming back. Uh, I got a good,
3: my back's fantastic now. And, uh, when I get my knees fixed, uh, oh man, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ready to go.
1: Mark, switching gears a little bit. And of course, live golf is dominating the golf news these days. And Greg Norman was right. a temporary of yours back in the day. And we know he wanted to start a, a world tour back in the nineties. What is your thought about what you know about Greg and the world tour that he wanted to do back then versus what he's got started now with Liv?
3: Right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, actually the uh, world golf events were actually his idea. And, uh, you know, the PGA tour didn't have any of that. And they kind of, they kind of stole that from him. So, you know, I, I kind of get where he's coming from. Uh, Greg and I have never really been friends but i've gotten along fine over the years uh you know this LIV thing is uh you know it's it, it it is what it is uh i understand why the guys are going there you know it's it's a lot of money and it it's only about money really uh if they tell you anything otherwise they're lying uh but i, I
1: can't blame them so to that point, Mark, if, if, if this all had happened back in the nineties, Greg came to you with a, a nine or 10 figure check and said, Hey, Mark, we got this thing going on. I want to give you this much money to come just to, to be a part of the tour. And, you know, it laid the whole thing out for you. What would you have said back then?
3: You know, my whole dream was to play the PGA tour. Um, but I can't say that, that I wouldn't have, uh, Accepted it. I really can't. uh You know, it, it's it's uh, 30 years ago. uh You know, when I was in my prime in the late 80s, early 90s. If 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 this kind of situation came up again, and i said you want to, I'll give you, well, whatever, like 10 million dollars. Can't say that I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have done it. So I, I really don't know. But like I said, I don't fault the guys for for doing it. Uh, it's a lot of money. And for professional golfers, we play for money. And when you get a whole boatload of cash to do that, uh, and go that direction, um, I don't know what I've
1: done in my prime. I don't know. So when you look at what Liz doing, forget about the money, forget about all that sort of stuff. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Are, are you seeing anything that they're doing from a, an event perspective, from the guys all getting paid, you know, each week, no cuts, The uh, the the way they handle the tournament in a shotgun star, any of the things that are happening with it. Do you think that there's anything that Jay Monahan needs to pay attention to? Because when you look at, it, you know what? Hey, that thing that they're doing over there is pretty cool.
3: Uh, no, not really. Um, I've I've watched some of it uh, each week, but weirdly enough, I I, I watch like 15 or 20 minutes of it, and then I can't take it anymore with all the uh, the team signs on the left. Uh, okay. Over here, we're on 13. Now we're on four. Now we're on eight. Uh, it's just confusing to me. Um, I really don't enjoy the, uh, the format or the TV coverage of it. Um, so, you know, Jay's going to do what he's going to do. Um, he's, he's making, uh, adjustments and, uh, You know, I don't see how this live thing is going to last. I really don't. Um, At some point, uh, where the money's coming from, they're they're just going to kind of wake up and realize, well, that's that's dumb. You know, that's a huge waste of money. So uh, I I don't think it's going to last, quite honestly.
1: Mark, I was talking about this uh, topic with Bob Friend last week and Tom Patrick a little bit earlier in the show. I get that the PGA Tour is the ultimate meritocracy. You either make the cut or you don't get paid that week. One thing that I think that Liv is getting right is that everybody in the field does get paid for that week. And I'm not advocating for everyone on the PGA Tour that shows up for a tournament gets $100,000. But I do think everyone should get paid their expense money for that week because if you're in the field, if Mark Kalkovecchia is in the field in a tournament here in Atlanta, I'm coming to watch you. I want to watch Mark Kalkovecchia play golf. I would pay whatever the ticket was to come in and see you. Then I'm paying for parking and concessions and all that stuff just because Mark Kalkovecchia is in the field. And if you happen to have not such a great couple of days, you get nothing, but the tournament gets my money. Is expense money something the PGA Tour should be looking at reimbursing the players that come out and play that week?
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, I, I've got some really good friends on the Corn Ferry tour. Uh, Eric Cole, uh, is one of them and we play a lot of golf together at the Country Club and, um, he finished 39th. So I asked him, you know, what do you got to do to get your card? Well, he's just, he's, he's got to finish the top five in one of the three, uh, you know, playoff events, but he's been granted it all, granted it out all year. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard. Uh, it really is. Uh, Harder to get your PGA Tour card today than it's ever been. Um, you know, I was back in the days of the, uh, of the tour school. We had to go through three of them and blah, 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 and all that. And I, that made it, missed it, made it, missed it, whatever. But, uh, yeah, uh it's uh, it's a grind nowadays.
1: Mark, I want to go back in your playing career to the 1988 Australian Open at Royal Sydney Golf Club. You win that golf tournament by six strokes over Mark McCumber. He had a big lead going into the final round, which sometimes for some players is a bad thing because you start playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And I want to get your mindset that week and your mindset going into the final round. How did you go into that round? Did you go in with a mindset of of attack, protect? Talk about playing not to lose.
3: Right. Uh, great question. Um, I, I love the golf course, number one. Uh, I had a nice lead going into Sunday. And the first hole is a drivable par four. And sure enough, you know what am I going to do? I'm just going to look out a driver and try to put it on the green. Uh, so I've always been aggressive, and I, I think I was playing a Sandy Lyle the last day, and Yolanda, his wife, was so bored she's reading a book over in the trees because <laughs> I had about a seven-shot feet, So I said, "What are you reading?" Well, she's like, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know what it was, but, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was pretty funny. Um, I, I was just on that week. Uh, you know, that's right. Kind of when I found my game and when I was really starting to play great in the late eight, uh, 88, uh, I was playing next year, 89, 90. So, uh, that was, that was definitely the prime of my career. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, Earl Sidney was fantastic and, uh, that's actually one of my favorite wins in my career. Uh, probably that. Uh, obviously, the British Open, the Canadian Open, and the Australian Open are my three favorite wins.
1: Mark one more before I let you go. And speaking of liking a golf course, is there a particular course designer that you favor because you enjoyed, you know, his technical aspects, the aesthetics of the golf course, the way he shaped it? Was there a was there a course designer that really fits your eye and you enjoyed playing his courses?
3: Well, uh, back in the day, uh, I always enjoyed Jack Nicholas courses because the fairways are pretty wide. Uh, generally the bunkers were, you know, kind of deep. Uh, so if you, if you, if you short-sighted yourself or hit in the bunker or whatever, you're kind of, kind of screwed. But, um, you know, that was the strength of my game back in the day. Uh, nowadays I'm a big, uh, Ben Crenshaw, Bill Korff fan. Uh, Sand Hills in Nebraska is my favorite course in the world. Uh, I've been there several times. Uh, I absolutely love it. And, uh, pretty much every course they have ever built, uh, uh, I'm a fan of. So, uh, French Encore are my favorites.
1: Mark, you're a great follow on social media. Let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, how you're feeling, when we're going to get to see you again, and all that sort of stuff. When they're uh out there on Instagram, Twitter, and the other social media sites uh,
3: we'll do uh well thanks uh I'm at mark Kalk, uh on twitter and uh yeah. uh mainly my wife uh brenikoff is uh the funny one, and she gives me half my material so uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's great. And I'm looking forward to having her on the show in a few weeks to uh, hear all about that great material. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, too. Yeah. yeah you, you get a good
3: laugh out of her.
1: <laughs> no doubt. Mark, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. I hope we get the uh, opportunity and privilege of catching up with you again soon.
3: Absolutely, Chris. Anytime.
1: Take care, Mark. All the best to you and Brenda. We look forward to that catching up soon. Thanks, Rob. See you, Mark. That is the great Mark Kalkavec, at Mark Kalk, and, uh, he's so much fun. And, and his wife, Brenda, the same Brenda Kalk, they're, they're two great follows on social media and, and a lot of fun, uh, to, to see the things that they're doing. They post a lot of stuff, not just about the tournaments, but a lot of times, and they travel in an RV and, uh, have a, have a couple of wonderful dogs, and you, you always get some great stuff about them traveling to and from, and, And then, obviously, the stuff that that happens with Mark during the course of a tournament. But two great individuals, a lot of fun, and looking forward to having Brenda Kalkovecchia as part of the show here in just a few weeks. All right, now back with me is the owner of Timber Trust Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi, John Goyne. Let me remind you about John's background. He grew up in Blacksburg, Virginia. He started in the golf business back in 1993 out in Phoenix. He joined the TPC Network in Las Vegas in June of 2001. He and his wife moved to Memphis when he was promoted to head golf professional at TPC Southwind in May of 2003. In 2018, John became the director of business development for Spring Creek Ranch, a Jack Nicholas course designed there in Collierville, Tennessee. In May of 2019, he bought what was then Plantation Golf Club in Olive Branch, Mississippi, now Timber Trust Golf Course. And I'm honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, John, thanks for coming back on the show.
0: Chris, good evening. Thanks for having me.
1: John, it's, it's been a minute since we got to talk and have you as part of the show. Catch us up on all the great things you've got going on down there at Timber Trust.
3: Yeah, I
0: guess, uh, Lord, it's been uh, pre-COVID since since we've had an opportunity to kind of uh, have a bit of a conversation. So, um, you know, I, I mean, clearly we've, we've gone through uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, the golf course continues to, to improve and, uh, you know, we're just, we're just continuing to, to try to do the best thing we can with for public golf, uh, in the, in the state of Mississippi and in North Mississippi, DeSoto County and, and in all the branch. And, um, you know, just can't be happier with, with kind of how things are going. Um, obviously I have a great group of people uh great staff that, that's they're working for us and um you know like i said it's uh it's been trying times for for many of us but uh you know at the same time golf is is has been a great release and and a bit of normalcy for folks as we've kind of weathered uh through this this pandemic and and um uh, you know we we look forward to you know continuing things in the future
1: John, what I love about what you communicate about Timber Trust, and you point this out on the home page of your website, TimberTrustGolf.com, dot com, you are as much about fun as you are about golf. Talk about what you mean by that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it's interesting. I mean. E- as as we spoke about a few years ago, I mean, you know, we're still the only golf course, uh, in the, in this part of the country that, that has a fin scooter. Um, you know, it's, it's been a great single rider option for, for folks to be able to come out and, you know, ride around the golf course and, and, you know, speed up play and, and, and enjoy themselves. Um, you know, we, we do all sorts of, of fun, uh, events. Um, you know, our two man scramble is a real popular Thursday night kickoff the weekend early. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. We posted something the other day, you know, that basically, you know, what, what if the PGA, you know, took a bunch of their, their buddies and fought six packs of beer and went and played golf for the weekend at, at a, at a golf course. And, and, you know, that's, that's what we try to do every single day, you know, is, is just try to make a, an enjoyable, fun atmosphere for folks to be able to come out. Um, uh, you know, we've got indoor Trackman hitting bay and, and, um, you know, so you've got folks that, you know, can come play simulator and, and we obviously teach inside of there. We do club fittings inside of there and, and, you know, we just continue to try to, to bring things to public golf that, you know, mostly you're going to find in a private club setting, um, you know, high-end golf carts with club car, you know, coolers, GPS with visage. Um, you know, we've got on course, Beverage delivery service, uh, through a company called nine eighteen golf. You just scan a QR code, pulls up our menu, you can place your order, we run it out to you on the golf course, and then that way we're not having uh having to have a beverage cart drive around and in the heat and everything. You know, so again, we're just we're just trying to create a a completely different atmosphere uh, in the public golf arena and, and uh you know, we, we enjoy doing it day in and day out.
1: John, let's go a little bit deeper on a couple of things you just mentioned there. And you talked about fin scooters. For people that aren't aware of what fin scooters are, talk about that. Yeah,
0: so fin scooters basically are, you know, an electric, you know, bike, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, it's the 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 bag goes, uh, the butt into the bag goes right underneath the seat. The the heads stick out uh, through the handlebars. Uh, it's a solo ride option. They go 15 miles an hour. We allow them to be driven up onto tee boxes and up onto the, the collars of greens. So you can literally have folks, um, you know, play golf and anywhere from two to two and a half hours, which, um, you know, we continue to try to evaluate a, a, a way to offer, um, you know, something like, uh, a fast round of golf or something like that i i think uh you know that's that's something we're really just trying to to focus in on um probably going into next golf season as we kind of you know are, are getting toward the tail end you know where you show first thing in the morning if you want to you know play around a of golf before work you come you, you ride a fin scooter you're going to be the first groups out on the golf course nobody really in front of you and you can zip around and get that quick uh nine or 18 in before you head into work and um you know it's It's just such a fun, uh, way to be able to play golf. Um, you know, everybody wants to ride in their own golf cart anyhow. Um, so, you know, for, for folks to be able to get, um, on the scooter and and zip around, um, and, you know, kind of have their own cart to be able to, you know, go directly to their golf ball. We, there's coolers on the fenders and, and things along those lines. So just a, just a fun, unique way to, to be able to play golf nowadays.
1: You also mentioned the TrackMan Simulator that you've got available for individuals or groups of folks. you got a little bar area there, a TV. Seems like a great place for a group of friends to come play and hang out. Talk about that a little bit more.
0: So, yeah, we added that. uh You know, we opened it February of last year um and you know again it was just one of those things where you know we we want um to give people the opportunity to be able to swing a golf club year-round um and uh it just made a lot of sense plus you know again another thing is we we wanted to make sure that from a a mississippi perspective uh, you know desoto county and, and olive branch that you know we had the opportunity to do club fittings, not just when we had demo days, but you know we we were able to do that again on a on a year round basis so um you know we we invested in a in a trackman hitting bay it's you know twenty two feet by seventeen feet and um it's just a it's a very well done space um I'm real happy with how it turned out. We've got a bar area there. We have another little nice seating area right behind there where, um, you know, actually our golf shop counter used to be. So we reconfigured the entire inside of the clubhouse to be able to make room for this. Um, and, you know, people can come and rent it by the hour. Um, again, I, I do instruction out of it um, quite a bit. And then, um, you know, we've we've used it as an introductory tool to the game for kids because there's games you can play on it. Um, you know, there's there's a closest to the pin type deal there's another game called bullseye where you can either hit it off the top of you know buildings you can play in the old west with a you know locomotive steam locomotive driving through the the screen there's a jurassic setting which you know obviously the kids seem to really enjoy and things along those lines and and um you know they've they've introduced some other new types of of fun games you know to where kids can kind of hit golf shots and 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 uh you know find discover these monsters and stuff like that that are that are hidden uh you know within the the game itself so you know I, again i i think it's a great introductory tool um for folks to be able to get into golf and not be intimidated of you know am i out on the golf course um Am I doing the right thing where I show up at the backdrop, drop? Am I checking in, in the right areas? Um, you know, I, I think it's just a very good tool to get people introduced to the game in a in a very non-intimidating way.
1: John, for our friends living up north who know the colder temperatures are out there just on the horizon, talk about the course conditions down there in Olive Branch, Mississippi, and how long the golf season lasts so uh, they can go ahead and book their trips to get down there.
0: Um, uh, you know, realistically, Chris, we, we play golf year round. Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously we can get some, some colder days and, and things along those lines, but, uh, you know, there, there's also been days where, you know, we get some 60 or 70 degree temperatures, um, you know, in the, in the wintertime, obviously that's, that's a bit more of, of a rare occurrence, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we, we have the ability to play golf down here, you know, year round. Um, so. Um you know of course right now we're getting ready for some uh well-needed rain um you know this this evening and into tomorrow um you know very similar to to many parts of the country um uh, you know we've we've definitely kind of been going through a, a little bit of a drought we got a nice cold front moving through uh this evening and, and tomorrow so we're we're looking forward to a, a little bit of a break from a lot of the heat and and, and everything we've been having but um you know, we will we will actually um you know put pigment on greens uh in the wintertime to you know, as as everything does go dormant. Uh we don't oversee the golf course, but we do spray pigment on greens so you do get that contrast, um, as folks play in the wintertime. And the greens, you know, basically look like they would look, you know, this time of year, you know, very very healthy looking and, and uh and condition wise. They they putt very, very quick, uh very well, um, you know, as, as things go dormant. So, um, you know, it's always Always a, a nice time to be able to play in the wintertime. You get accustomed to, to, you know, faster greens conditions. And then we obviously try to, you know, mim- mimic that uh, as we get into the season. So, but, uh, yeah, uh, definitely much more of a close to a 12 month, you know, type season down here for us, you know, December, January and February can obviously be a little, be a little bit of hit and miss, but then we kind of turn the corner going into March and, and, uh, you know, get ready to rock and roll again through the, through the balance of the season, really, you know, well into, Late October you know even mid november we've you know heck it's been we've had mid seventy degree days around Thanksgiving and stuff here, so you know it, it's uh it's always it's always an interesting time of 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 the year uh as we get ready to go into fall golf,
1: Don like I mentioned in your intro, you're the head golf pro and then general manager at t p c Southwind for many years, and we're obviously on the heels of this year's FedEx Saint Jude championship. What do you think about what you saw over the weekend?
0: Yeah, uh, obviously a really good golf tournament. Um, you know, a, a incredible finish there by, by Will Zalatoris. Um, you know, to watch a ball bounce on, on that, you know, brick wall basically seven times and stay up, uh, was pretty incredible. Um, you know, obviously Nick Bazans. I'm very familiar with Nick. I actually hired Nick while I was, uh, still there, um, at TPC Southwind. Obviously does a very, very good job. They've made. A number of changes to that golf course, uh, in the four years that I've been gone. Um, uh, you know, a lot of, um, new bunkers being added, old bunkers being taken out that were really no longer in play, trying to put some, some more, uh, newer bunkers that are, uh, you know, a bit more in the newer landing zones for a lot of these longer players. But, um, you know, just, just a great event. Obviously, a, a very good, um, charity there with St. Jude. Um, obviously very, very near and dear to this entire community. And, um, you know, just a, a, a great event. Um, and, you know, that golf course can just continues to show, you know, that it's, it's probably a, a, a well kept secret. Um, you know, as far as being, I think probably one of the better PGA tour golf courses out there.
1: Were you nervous at all? Like uh, a lot of us were when Zalatoris, you mentioned, that, that rock wall, when that ball comes to rest there in the crevice between the wall and the fringe. On that last playoff, well, I, I was starting to get a little concerned that he was actually thinking about playing that shot. And I thought, boy, that's just a recipe for disaster if he if he tried it and even figure out how he's going to get a club on the ball. And then goodness knows where that thing could have ended up. Were you nervous when you watched it and thinking, what the heck is he doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you got to go through the processes there, um, you know, but. Two, I, I mean, I will say it felt like he maybe deliberated a little too long, uh, as far as, you know, seriously contemplating getting that shot. Uh, you know, I clearly think that his caddy did a, a, a really good job. I mean, obviously, you know, his first full event really talked Willa into two really good decisions. I, I felt like, you know, the layup on, on 18 after really that ball should have gone out of bounds. Um, uh, you know, uh, that, that ball should have easily gone out of bounds in the cart path. Um, there and, and, you know, then, then he obviously, you know, probably really loses that golf tournament, but, you know, to have him lay up, uh, on 18 during the second playoff hole and then, and then to have him go back to the drop zone, uh, and, and hit that shot in from 92 yards. Um, you know, I, I think just that's, that's maybe why he made a caddy change mid event, you know, last week. Um, at at Wyndham you know so um you know from from that perspective you know it's uh it's always very interesting and and, you know I was curious too I I mean we talked a little bit about it today you know um I I don't know whether that's just the way that that grass has kind of grown over the years or you know whether that's how they they ultimately kind of wanted that um you know I I guess I feel like you would have probably tied that Directly into the top of uh, the wall. So the ball does just fall back down into the water. Um, as opposed to kind of what, what would have happened in this situation, uh, where it, you know, it, it bounced around enough and then, and then was able to kind of nestle up against it. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, clearly to your point, very, very interesting to where he's really going to contemplate that. And I think that, um, I think if he does try to pull something off, uh, that that ball more than likely goes directly behind him or even maybe double hits it. Uh And then not only does he double hit it, but then it goes back into the water as well. I didn't see that there was ever going to be a way where he could get the ball on the club enough to get it, even on the top end um of that soil, um to be able to have it then want to release forward and at least try to get up on the green a little bit. I think that if he would have hit that shot, it would have been pretty disastrous for him.
1: John, one more before I let you go. And obviously, live golf is center stage right now in our sport. What are your thoughts about what we're seeing going on between the PGA Tour and live golf?
0: I think it's a very interesting time in professional golf right now. Um you know, clearly it, it appears that there is, um, a lot of divisiveness, uh, you know, from some of the, the, the stars of the game against the tour. Um, and, you know, they, they now have an opportunity to, to kind of go find another home. Um, you know, I, I I've, look, I've, I'll be honest, we've, we've streamed, um, the live events, you know, we, with smart TVs nowadays, you pull it up on YouTube. I mean, it is golf at the end of the day. Um, so we have, we've, you know, we've been playing them, you know, directly beside, uh, the tour events for the week. Um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. I'm very intrigued. I've, I've not had a chance today to kind of get caught up. Um, I don't know what's been either leaked or released with regard to the Tiger Woods meeting up in Delaware with, with a lot of the guys to kind of discuss direction and things along those lines very, very interesting to see Tiger take over in this, you know, leadership role, um, a bit kinda out of the blue. Um, but, you know, clearly it it's important to him. It's important to the success and the longevity of the tour. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know whether the tour ultimately underestimated what was going to happen here or what. Um but clearly I, I think that they now truly have their hands full. Um, especially as you hear, you know, the, the rumors of, you know, a Cam Smith, the, the rest of the Australians, you know, even some South Koreans that will, that will go to live, you know, at the end of the, at the PGA tour season here. So, um, you know, you get through the tour championship here, you know, next week, it's going to be very, very interesting to kind of see what, what other defections potentially happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, PGA Tour has their hands full, uh, and I think they now realize that they, that they have their hands full, um, and they need to figure out a way to coexist. I think that both, both of, uh, tours are, um, giving golf exposure, regardless of how you want to look at it, regardless of, of where it comes from and everything else. Look, both tours have some warts, right? Rega- you know, obviously Liv has got the Saudi component, the PGA Tour has the china component and everything else um so i mean everybody wants to kind of get nitpicky on on you know certain dynamics of things but uh both both tours have have some some warts that they can you know go after each other on um but again i think that uh the live the live piece is is here uh i wouldn't be surprised if it's here to stay for some time as they continue to lay out everything they you know a couple weeks ago as you heard i mean they're going to use the Asian tour as, as kind of their corn fairy tour and, and, you know, talk about relegation and how many, you know, players. I think it's going to be interesting to see ultimately how many players they truly wind up having. Um, you know, on, on, a, on a, on a consistent basis playing in their events, but, um, you know, I, I think it is again, it's, it's, it's just giving golf exposure. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, clearly they've tried to make golf more fun. Um, and from our perspective, that is a very important piece of the puzzle. Um, because nowadays, um, you know, as you've seen, um, you know, Cam Smith, unfortunately is a perfect example of that, you know, an hour before his tea time, after 12 plus hours of having the opportunity to take a look at it and actually having a conversation with him afterwards when he signs his scorecard, you know, it gets assessed a two stroke penalty and, and, um, you know, I think that those are the types of things, at least for, you know, the, the public golfer, the recreational golfer. Those are the things that, you know, just make golf not fun, not enjoyable, stuffy, very confusing on rules and things along those lines. And, and that's, you know, again, that's why we take the, the mantra that we take every day. And that is, is if you're coming to the golf course, you're coming to the golf course to have fun and it's our job. To, to make it as, as fun and as, as enjoyable as we possibly can. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a fun three years to this point. Um, and, uh, you know, I just can't be happier with, with the direction we're going and, and, and everything else. But, uh, you know, that's again, that's the, that's my correlation between, I guess, live golf and the PGA tour. It's the fun side of golf versus the, the competitive side of golf. So. Well,
1: John, to that end. Let our listeners know how they can book a tee time, learn more about Timber Trust, and and check you guys out, whether it's on your website or it's on social media.
3: Yeah, so
0: social media on both uh, Instagram and and uh, and uh, Facebook. You know, we're at we're at Timber Trust Golf, um, uh, Timber Trust Golf Course, uh, and then of course, you know, Timber Trust Golf dot uh, com on on the web you know, we're getting ready to come out, uh, we've, we've got a really great local marketing partner and, and, uh, they've, they've, they're getting ready to kind of launch a a nice little storytelling video on, on my, you know, my wife and I, and our, you know, kind of, uh, path in, in the golf industry and golf business. And, and, uh, you know, that'll be posted on our, on our website and I'm sure we'll, we'll release uh, tidbits of it on social media and stuff as well. But, uh, But yeah, timber trust golf course on, on both Instagram and Facebook. And then, you know, you get an opportunity to meet Boone. Boone is the newest addition to the Goan family. Um, he's a, he's a British lab that we, uh, that we picked up down in Oxford, Mississippi, uh, at a local sporting, sporting life kennel. Uh, Boone's a, a little over a year old, but he takes a, a very active role for us on, uh, on our social media platforms and everybody seems to enjoy him. So plus if you get to come out to timber trust, you, uh, you have a really good opportunity to see Boone. He's got uh, plenty of jobs there around the golf course that uh, he he enjoys running around on 194 acres. So
1: That's awesome. John, thank you so much for coming back and being a part of the show. It was great having you tonight. I, I hope we get to catch up a little sooner next time around.
0: Well, I look forward to it, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on, and uh, we hopefully look uh, look forward to having you down in North Mississippi sometime soon.
1: I appreciate that very much. John, take care, my friend. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon.
0: Thanks, Chris. You bet. Take care.
1: See you, John. That is John going again. Timber Trust Golf Course is, uh, is the name of the, of the place. And, uh, you can find it online there. Like you said, whether it's, uh, on, on the website, on Facebook, uh, or on Instagram, John and his family are doing a great job. And the, and the thing that, that to me was the theme of that conversation was fun. They're all about trying to make the game fun. So it's about the fun first and it's about golf second. And they're doing a lot of really great things, a lot of innovative things to make it such. So not only do you get to go play a great golf course, they got the simulator piece, which I think is outstanding. So you and a group of friends or whatnot can go there, have a few drinks, get in there in the simulator and and, and play some games. Like you said, whether it's with the kids, a lot of good stuff there, or if it's just with a group of friends and you want to have some fun. And like I say, have a few drinks along the way. That's a great, great social thing that they're doing down there with respect to that. And um and, and look, Olive Branch, Mississippi is is in the southern parts of the of the country, obviously. So for all of you folks up north, and you get to October, November, probably even early December, and you're and you're lamenting the fact that you can't go play golf anymore at your local golf course, and you think, well, you know, I just kind of have to sit around and wait till spring. Probably not. Go down to Olive Branch, Mississippi, and go go check out Timber Trust. You're gonna have yourself a, a nice weekend. There's a lot of things for you to do, and now you don't have to wait till springtime to, to have your your buddies or whatever you know have your you know, a golf outing because you know you're stuck in, in in Buffalo, New York, and there's 16 inches of snow. Get out of the snow. Go down south and take a take a a, a long weekend at Timber Trust. Play play some golf. Get some swings in. And then get into the simulator and night and have some fun there, too. So much opportunity down there to have a great time. And uh, John's a great guy. His family's fantastic. And I look forward to catching up with him much sooner next time around. Okay, before we close up shop tonight, I want to remind you about a couple more of our sponsors, including our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like The Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies. And their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. The patented Joey Pouch technology delivers maximum comfort, fit, and performance while preventing any unwanted skin-on-skin contact or chafing. Good for anything from the golf course, to the boardroom, to the bedroom. You can find these two performance briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide. All Shield Sports Stores, all PGA Tour superstores, Golf Galaxy, Dillard's, and other fine retailers near you. You can also order them online at twounder.com. That's the number two, UNDR.com. Two Under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Ride. We deal with a lot on the golf course, whether you're teeing off in front of a crowd, hitting a four iron after a rain delay, trying to figure out wind direction, or second guessing club selection. It's easy for your mind to race. That's exactly what drove Golf Pride to create the all new CPX. It's made with a unique EXO diamond quilted pattern, reducing vibration in your hands on every shot. The EX diamond quilted pattern really helps your hands sink into the club on every shot giving you maximum comfort because when your hands are comfortable, you're comfortable. CPX is available now on golfride.com or at your local retailer. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of next on the tee. My sincere thanks again to Tom Patrick, Mark Kalkovecchia and John going for joining me tonight. Scheduled to join me next week are 1984 gold medal figure skater, Scott Hamilton will be here. And speaking of live, The Chief Marketing Officer for Live Golf, Ron Cross, will be making his next On the Tee debut. And we'll get a return visit from the VP of Business Development for the PGA Tour, Allison Fillmore. So, folks, it's going to be a great show. I hope you'll come back and be a part of it with us. You can listen to this show as a podcast on just about every major podcasting app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast.co, Audioboom, Player.fm, Podbean, Folks, if you have a favorite podcast site or app, we're probably on that one, too. Just type in Next on the T in the search bar. We'll probably come up on there. Please also check out our website, nextonthetea.net, to see what our upcoming guest schedule looks like. Plus, we give you links to our recent episodes and individual guest segments. So whether you got 20 minutes or 90 minutes, we've got great content on there for you for free. Folks, thank you all again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I know you've got a lot of great podcasts out there to choose from. I'm very thankful that you continue to make Next on the T one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.